And we are back. It's Speaking with Gravity. I'm Kervin. I'm D. And I'm Ty. And we are a mental health podcast that talk about how everything affects everything, especially your mental health. And today is going to be our one-year anniversary as a crew. Um, before we kind of get into everything, how y'all feel about that? Like, we've, we've done this two seasons yeah, two seasons and a whole year. Just out of nowhere, kind of, uh, I hit y'all with the, hey, can you help me out with this podcast? And both of y'all signed on. It's like, yeah, we'll do it. I don't even know if y'all knew what y'all was getting y'all self into. Did y'all know what y'all was getting y'all self into? How y'all feel about it? You know, just anything. Give me anything right now. Um, well, I'll start. How do I feel? I feel pretty good, and I'm grateful that you reached out and encouraged me um, to join this platform. Um, I'm a behind-the-scenes type of person, those who know me. Um, so, yeah, it got me out of my comfort zone, so I'm feeling really good about it. And to be back, a lot of growth people may have heard over you know, our previous episodes. I hope so. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to this season. What about you, D? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, for real, I, I'm 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 just honored to have the opportunity to speak about something so near and dear to my heart, um, with two people that I truly admire as a professional and as individuals. Um, I am in agreement with Ty. A lot of growth, and I'm looking forward to the continuous growth. Um, for us as individuals and collaboratively. So I'm looking forward to season three. A lot of do- dope information coming Se- up. Season four. Season, season four. Because, see, you came on, on season, season two. two. Okay, I got right, you now. So season, season four. four. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you put the little serious spin onto it, but I really do enjoy it, um, doing it with, um, I was about to say you guys, you young ladies, uh, <laughs> I enjoy doing it. And I, I think I enjoy it because I feel like, Y'all push me. Like, I want to be great for y'all. I'm a little bit older than y'all. Um, just a little bit. Just a few years. Um, and I want to be great for y'all. Um, and I'm inspired by some of the things that y'all say, some of the things that y'all do. Um, even when we're talking just individually, you know, you might say something that, that kind of pricked my conscience or have me thinking about it uh, a different way than I originally thought of it, which is what... You know, I'm hopeful that we can capture from time to time in various episodes. But speaking about speaking of various episodes, the past episodes that we've had, the first one that we did together was called Living While Black. We did it um, on February, uh, or we released it on February the 24th of last year, which, you know, we're releasing um, this season on that particular day, just in, in commemoration of it. But Living While Black, we had... We said a lot on that one. When I went back, I was impressed by what we talked about. Uh, I was so critical of it in the beginning, thinking, man, we, we didn't cover this, we didn't cover that, but we covered a lot. We talked about a lot. But um, just to kind of go back to it, we've grown. We have a format that we go to, but we're going to kind of dive into that, um, a continuation of that, so to speak, but it's not the, the same topic. But... Our Twitter discussion. This is what we do to just kind of to begin things for the most part. Um, I saw this tweet, and it hit me a different way. On February the 26th, 2012, which is be 10 years ago, mm-hmm. 10 years ago when February 26th come out, right? Trayvon Martin was murdered. Do you think we've gotten better with race, race relations or worse over these last years. And this person tweeted this just like, you know, I'm, I'm reading it off. And then they added no judgment zone for your answers. Well, you know, in a tweet, you can't put but so much in your answer, mm-hmm. right? But I thought it was a, a really good way for us to kind of start. Um, have we gotten better with, with race relations or worse than in, in the last couple of years? And my, my, my heart is beating pretty fast <laughs> here. And it's because I'm, it's almost as if I'm feeling this again. Um, when that happened, when that happened, the first thing that came to my mind was, I have two boys and two girls, 
and my boys came to my mind when I when I heard about Trayvon. I don't remember what what his age was, but it wasn't he wasn't like super. He wasn't like 18. I think he was 14, 15, 16. Mm-hmm. My son is 14 now, mm-hmm. about to be 15. Have we gotten better? Uh, no. No. You know, he can, my son can still go down um, the wrong road, and we've seen it since 2012. Can go down the wrong road and encounter the wrong person, and it end tragically unless he goes and do some super humble down type ordeal. Do I even want him to be super humble? Yeah, I do. I want him to get home. Let me go handle that, you know, after the fact. But it shouldn't even come to that. It shouldn't even be where we are, where we're still there, where I got to tell him, watch where you at, watch what you say, watch how you move, watch, how, watch your surroundings at all times. And I'm, I'm constantly, constantly putting that into his head. I don't know what it's like to live otherwise. And I was thinking about that also, like to think like that, to have to have that constant awareness. That's a you're in survival mode. So mm-hmm. we're living in survival mode mm-hmm. still in 2022. You know, obviously there are some what they say, covert, overt. There's different types of, uh, of racism. There's different types of discrimination, um, aggressions and so on and so forth. And to some degree, some things, we have more access to things. We have the ability to move in a society overall better than um, those that came before us. But for us to still have to be careful. And what neighborhood we go to, nah, it hasn't gotten better. Sorry for giving all of that, but that, that kind of hit me. I, I didn't know it was going to hit me when I wrote it down. I was like, all right, we're going to start it off with this one. But that's rough, man, because I have two boys. And, I, you know, I want to protect them. I want to be there for them, but more importantly, I want to protect them. I want nobody to get to them in a way that I wouldn't even get to them. So that's it. My bad. No need to apologize. You know, again, no judgment zone for your answers. Um, oh, he was 17. He was 17 mm-hmm. at the time. Hey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he would have celebrated his 27th birthday a few days ago. Um yeah. And his mom just released a book, by the way, too. I oh, okay. don't know the name of it, but she just released a book. Yeah, he was born on February the 6th and passed away on the 26th, mm-hmm. 20 days after his birthday, 10 years ago. Um, but to answer or just to, you know, discuss the Twitter discussion, I don't think it's gotten um, any better. I mean, look what's currently going on now. And if you don't know what that means, I would encourage you just to watch the news. Um, yeah. Um, when you say, if you don't know what that means, that reminds me of, uh, is it Jan or Jane Elliott? She has a couple of um, YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. She um, one of the YouTube, and they, they made it into like a clip. And she asked the audience, um, I, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. Willing to trade places with a black person. Mm-hmm. person right. If you stand up, if you'll be willing to be a black person or trade with a black person, and nobody stood up, nobody. Which then you know, or you have heard or seen what it's like to be a black person. Like I wouldn't stand up for any other race now, mind you. But it's not because. I perceive that they're treated a certain way just because I like being me. Over time, I've gotten to that point where I, I really do enjoy being me uh, and being in this, this type of culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we, I've said this before. I think we're some of the create, most creative people as a culture. Um, but anyway, that says a lot. Um, when you said, if you don't know, <laughs> look around, but... You can act like this if you don't know, but most of the time people know. You ain't got nothing to add to this, D. Have um, we gotten better? Have we not? I think for me, um, 
I was thinking about what you said as you being a father. Um, but my perspective is looking at it from a mother mm. um, in terms of I only have one son. Mm. Um, and he's five years old, six years old. And in my mind, I sometimes dread the day that he has to grow up. Um Darn, I don't guess I would, I knew it was gonna get that emotional either, but it's hard to think about what the world will perceive him as in just a few years. Like now, when he goes out, they're like, "Oh, he's so cute, he's so adorable." But to know that there will come a day and a time when the adorability to them will turn off, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and he then becomes a threat. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, thank you. I, I mean, I, I try. You try not to, to really live in a life of that. But I guess you, like you said, walking in a constant state of caution. But the reality is, we've gotten worse. Um, and I really think, you know, we, we used to be before, you didn't always have the evidence to prove or to give, you know, confirmation to situations. And so it was one person's word against another, but now you have the physical evidence. I mean, when we talk about, and I don't even want to mention his name or give reverence to his name, but you were able to write a book and get funding in support of what you did, knowing that you took this young man's life, um, so it's just it's just it's just a lot in, in transition of, you know, there's so much more um, to be done, but no judgment zone. But in my opinion, we actually have gotten worse over the last few years. Yeah. All right, we gotta move on. Yeah, we do. <laughs> we gotta move on before we we over there crying. Yeah, and, you man. know, I, I guess you know I don't want necessarily uh, sympathy, and I don't sit at home and cry about it all the time. But like we're facing it now, right. we're discussing it now. But in general, you don't just sit up there and say, "Oh my God, what's gonna happen?" But you, you know, I do worry sometimes. Um, I know we got to move on, but I remember uh, my wife asking me, my son. Uh, um, started working out and stuff and getting on the bike and riding through our neighborhood. And the neighborhood that we live in, um, there's not as many people that look like us. And, you know, me and her was just talking, just in general, and then she hit me with this, was like, you think we should let him continue to just ride around in the neighborhood? That shouldn't even be a thought. It should, it's our neighborhood. We pay to be there. People supposed to know us. We have the same. We've had the same car for the last couple of years. That same bike for at least two years. They shouldn't know his face. But for us to have that thought because of other things that have transpired, even beyond Trayvon Martin, um, you know, they say life is not fair. Darn, darn sure is not fair that we have to think about that. All right, Ty, give us the QD of the hour. Can you give us the QD of the hour? QD of the hour. Black boys raised in America, even in the wealthiest families and living in some of the most well-to-do neighborhoods, still earn less in adulthood than white boys with similar backgrounds. Though black girls and black women face deep inequality on many measures, black and white girls from families with comparable earnings attain similar individual incomes as adults. That was an article from the New York Times uh, back in 2018. And and just to make it um, plain as day, um, I kind of went through and researched that particular article. I'm going to just give like a a dollar amount. So if you grew up in a household that was, you know, $100,000 from both parents and you as a black male, when you grew up, Chances are you was gonna earn less than a hundred thousand. You and your wife would earn less than a hundred thousand apiece. Whereas if it was you're a black female, chances are you was gonna at least come up to that same standard, if not increase it. Which um, of course is bad for me as a black male, but it's super dope to know that as a black female, like y'all are 
y'all holding it down. Um, why, why are y'all not the most sought after? I don't know. But y'all are definitely holding it down, um, as they say, for the culture. All right. Um, D, give us the episode intro. All right. Are things better or worse than yesteryear? In some states and countries, the perceived gains and losses by certain groups over the last few years often play a factor in this, their answers. Today, we'll take a deep dive into how we see it from our window in this part of the world. So, for better or for worse, that's what we're going to do. Uh, so, we got a list of topics here. I was going to have us pull out of the hat, but we ain't going to do that. So, um, Ty, we're going to start at your end. Out of the whole list that we got down there, you can go and just pick whatever. You say um, better or worse, elaborate, and then um, the other two people will follow up and say better or worse and elaborate. But you pick whatever, whichever one. And I got a couple over here um, in my pocket that y'all don't even know about that I'm going to hit y'all with. So don't okay. even worry about it. <laughs> um. I'm going to go with representation uh, within careers or, yeah. So for better or worse, representation, meaning like does it matter or has it gotten better? Has, has it, gotten it gotten better worse? or worse? Yeah. Um, I will say for me personally. It definitely matters. Lee, yeah. um, for me personally, it has gotten better because I'm very vocal um, well, I've been very vocal in all of my previous jobs um, from the beginning, highlighting the importance of diversity and understanding I'm just as an asset as everybody else, but particularly me, because now we see that organizations are pushing the agenda for diversity and inclusion. Um, so being able to speak about that and, and speak beyond me just being a number for this organization or company, I think it has gotten better for me. Um, could it be better? Yeah, but it, it has gotten better, um, but we definitely have um, some ways to go. But for me personally, it has gotten better. For the culture, I will say it's starting to get better. Uh, again, just having conversations uh, conversations that needed to be had and have been had, really. So conversations we're revisiting about representation, it is being pushed to the forefront um, with just the importance of having a little diversity at the table too now um, and the importance of it because we're very creative beings as you indicated earlier and we have a lot to offer but understanding is maybe getting off track. I can create my own table and continue to create other opportunities for individuals Word. who look like me so it goes back to this representation matter. If not, then start creating representation and it may just start with self. Um or just speak about it, you know, the importance of having other people look like you within a professional arena that you're in. Um, and if it's not respected, then you have to make that personal choice. I think from speaking up, yeah. though, like what you were saying with speaking up, I think we definitely, you hear we're more vocal. We're more vocal overall. Um, so you, you tend to see or have uh, the awareness that uh, people of color are in these different fields of study. Uh, and if we're talking about just our field of uh, psychotherapy, uh, I was looking at another one that said 90% of therapists are non-black, 90%, right? So that means only 4% of us are black, but yet we are 13% of the population. Uh, I don't know how, what's the percentage of for Hispanics um, as far as in our particular field, but they are close to uh, 20%. Uh, in the population of the United States. So if they're at 5%, but they got 20% of the population, like how hard is it for them to find mm -hmm. a therapist that look like them? Do you have to have a therapist that look like you? No, you don't. But sometimes when you do have somebody that look like you, been through the same thing you've been through, you don't have to explain certain certain things. It's just it's known. It's there. Uh, so to answer it, I would say worse as opposed to um, better, but I like what you said because uh, we really are more vocal in general. You know that it's other people out there that that's a therapist. You know, um, p other people that I seen the other day um, on social media, a pilot, 
a pilot. You know, my country is coming in. Uh, you can't always say it correctly, but a pilot brought a little two-year-old black boy up into the pit with him. And he saw somebody that looked just like him that was flying this you know, Boeing 747 or whatever it is that he was flying. And I think that's dope. But, you, you know, you see it on social media, even if you don't see it in person. So that's just my thoughts on it. I, I, I jumped in front of you, D. I know. You're good. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah. um, definitely. So representation from a career perspective, better or worse, I think it's gotten better for, extremely better for African-American females. Mm. Um in terms of representation and seeing um, compatibility in career and provisioning of excellence. Um, in terms of representations for African-American males, I think it's gotten better uh, as well, but there is still, again, a lot of opportunity for both perspectives. My, my concern with representation is not just looking at the body count, but actually the the representation of us showing up as our authentic selves. Mm -hmm. And that's what representation means to me. When I see people walking in who they truly, genuinely are, that's what I love to embrace. And, you know, I know we as African-American people are not a monologue. Um, so all of us, you know, are individual in that. But I do think when we show up with, as who we are, that's what I love to see because to me that's representation um, because everyone don't want to be a therapist. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So everybody's not even looking in that field or in that perspective. But I like the fact that we are seeing people kind of maneuver in career paths that we haven't always seen. Like I've never been into like technology and all of that, but I have seen where a lot of times now you're seeing a lot more diversity and inclusion with our culture in these fields, which have been predominantly um, the white culture. And I think that's where I, I like to see the representation from. And just really knowing that we can aspire to be anything. You know, that's the real message that I think I'm, I, I take from this. So um, it's, it's getting better, but definitely not at its best. And <laughs> you, you go go ahead because I wanted to give y'all uh, another shout out um, to um, to your point. Mm -hmm. Black women are the most educated group in America. The most educated group in America. I've heard that for like the last Hair three flip. years. Yeah, got <laughs> some here today, y'all. <laughs> yeah. So um, y'all definitely on point with that. You wanted to say something? Yeah. That's um, just as D was saying, it made me think when you spoke about just tech and within the tech industry, I think the exposure, mm -hmm. you know, exposing us even being exposed to these different career fields at a young age and having, you know, somebody who looks like you, who's embracing it, even if someone doesn't look like me, but embracing me and, and letting me know that, Hey, I too can, can strive to be, you know, in this field one day, but when the agenda is pushed for us to excel and, athletics which mm -hmm. i mean is great because we do a great job at that as well again we're creative beings we excel at a lot of great things just about everything that's me my personal opinion but um being able to be exposed to these different career fields i think will help grow with representation and you spoke of tech and i was just listening to shout out to earn your leisure but particularly market mondays with ian dunlap and just speaking about the importance of us tapping into technology for one, there's just so many vacant jobs. So mm -hmm. there is a, a need, you know, there's a demand for people of all ethnicities to enroll in tech, but particularly black people in Atlanta right now, they're ranked, I forget exactly which number, but in the nation, a higher number of black people in tech, you know? Um, so I think it is important that we tap into STEM, science, technology, engineering, mathematics. They're now adding an A for art. So STEAM, um, but that exposure alone, because I always thought technology was so boring. I still somewhat do, but I understand the importance of it. So now I'm, I'm starting to get more interested in it. Um, yeah, that's but sorry up. to go off. But yeah, nah, you, you, you made a good that, point. Yeah. Um, all right. It's on you, D. Pick one. <laughs> um, tolerance. 
society oh. and family. Okay. You think we're more tolerant as a society? We're more tolerable as a society. In certain aspects, I think we're more tolerable of certain things, but I don't like the word tolerance. I don't even know I chose to. Um, Why you don't like the word tolerance? Um, because I don't, I, I don't, I, I don't never, I know it's not personal, but being tolerated, I, I don't uh, want to be tolerated. Like that toleration means, I don't, to me, it's, it just carries a negative. Okay. Connotation. I would rather be embraced. So Except, I'm gonna do that. Uh, we're gonna say acceptance. Okay, acceptance. So acceptance. Yeah, see, you see my oh, mind went through. Oh, we more acceptance. Yeah. Reel me back in. Right. So acceptance. Um, society and family. I think we are getting in a better with accepting people. Um, as a society. Um, again, as as everything, still opportunity of growth. But I think we are embodying the uniqueness of people. Um. As we transpire through things, this I don't. I'm gonna just leave it right there. Yeah, I, I actually, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna ride with you on that one because I feel like it's 2022 now, right? So in the 90s, going into the 2000s, we were more tolerant. Yeah. Then we become more accepting. Like, um, oh man, I don't know who I was having a conversation with. No, I'm not gonna talk about that. I'm not gonna talk about. <laughs> you can go to so many ways with this, but I do think we are more accepting um, of people' uh, sexuality. I think we're more accepting of how to make money. Um, you don't have to go to school. You don't have to go to college and get this good degree and work at this certain place. You can think outside of the box and then go um, flip that. I think we're more just accepting in general when you're having to see these things in social media, in traditional media, on TV. And I say these things, things that you wouldn't normally see in your section of town or your little area of the world, but now you're seeing it because the information is being brought to you. It allows you to be more accepting in general and more, uh, hopefully more loving in addition to that. That that acceptance, but I like how you uh, you switched that too, because that was a that's kind of like a negative connotation to say tolerable. Yeah. We don't just want to tolerate people; we want to accept them for who they are. Um, so, so you, um, Miss uh, Hairflip, because y'all are the most educated group oh, wait, in America. Which topic did you pick? Well, what? I was um, piggybacking off of her tolerance. Are oh, we more tolerant? It. But we changed it to more accepting. I'm still struggling because I really don't understand it. Um, are we, as a society, more accepting, or have we gotten mm-hmm. better at accepting mm-hmm. people, things within society? Mm-hmm. Just people. Um, now, that's not to say that we're not resisting the change. Right, right, right. But I mean, we, if we just if we just threw anything out there, just think about like if I think about my mom, I think about myself even. You know, certain things that would not have been tolerated or accepted in 91 or 99 or 2001 is more accepted now. Just think about it. If you had the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl that we just witnessed, all of those people that was on the stage that would have not been on the stage in 91, we were so glad when Whitney Houston got up there to sing the, the national anthem, not thinking about... Oh, Snoop Dogg, Crip walking at Super Bowl. I still haven't yet to see that. You ain't seen it? That's I blasphemy. I mean, you know, personally. <laughs> <laughs> until they start blackballing Colin, you know, until we start owning some stuff, then I may be a fan of the NFL again. I never really watch sports anyway. So When you say owning stuff, though, that's on us, though. Like, that's not on But really creating our own league. Imagine if we took all our talent. Then what would the National Football League consist of? Because how? what is it consist I, I don't know the numbers, you know what I mean? But yeah. you can just see it. When we talk about representation, we're definitely represented on 70%, the 70%. We're 70% of black. Uh, black 70% of NFL is black, I think. Okay, so we yeah. need our own league. Yeah. But that's, um, that's on the players, though. Like I, I wouldn't take away from yeah. that, you know, but I think there have been a lot of things in place that prevent it. But, again, because we are a growing society, you know, but, I, I yeah, that's that. Um, but 
I don't know. It's a question mark for me because my mind is racing. One thing I want to say is until we stop seeing black and brown bodies, are we accepted? You know, and that's been talked since 90, 91. Oh. Until we stop seeing black and brown bodies being murdered and killed by law enforcement and them being held accountable by those in law, I don't know. But other things, yeah, okay, yeah. But I, I don't, I, I can't. I'm gonna say no. We haven't until we see some justice, real justice. I guess that goes into the social justice movement. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, um, guys. I don't know Spe- with acceptance. Speaking of uh, black and brown bodies, when you, I didn't know you was going there. <laughs> I did not know you was going there. I was thinking when you said black and brown bodies, if you think about. Um, the cover of magazines. They do have yeah. black and brown bodies on there. Um, they have different weight weight class or whatever you want, different shapes of people on there. Um, so I think we are more accepting and tolerant just because, I don't know, maybe we, we've been, what they say, the squeaky wheel is the one that gets fixed or something mm-hmm. to that extent. Maybe because we've just been yelling so much. Maybe we continue to yell. Maybe they'll start holding on. Um, some of the powers that be responsible for some of these black and brown bodies that are dying. Stop yelling and start shaking the table. Okay. <laughs> you know. Okay, Miss Violet Therapist. Is I wouldn't even say I'm just being real, you know. Because how often have we been yelling and having peaceful conversations and intellectual conversations and, and showing proof, tangible proof, evidence and we still kind of getting the same response but you know we have made some improvement not to take away from that it has been you know our culture continues to be accepted i leave it there well i we we gotta leave it there because i'm gonna take i'm gonna take from that and i'm gonna go right into social justice okay all right let it start with you though yeah it is (laughs) have we improved social justice movement has it improved or has it um, worsened? And I'm going to say improve. And the reason I'm going to say improve, because what did you hear growing up? I'm a few years older than y'all, so yeah, this, was, this was beating my head. Civil rights, civil rights, civil rights. All we wanted them to do was just be civil. Just be civil. And they eventually started being civil. They start. They stopped just beating you down because you decided that you wanted to vote. It's like, all right, we might make it difficult for you, but we ain't going to beat you down. Um, Tulsa, Oklahoma that they talk about um, destroying that city. I'm not going to say that they yeah I am going to say this I don't think you can get them to actually destroy a city per se but they might make things um, more difficult for you. So we got it to the point where it was civil back in the day. It's improved because now this generation now is like bump civil. I want equal. And that's what they're going for. That's what they're shooting for. I want to be on the same playing field. And if they get what they want, that's going to make the world a better place. Still going to be poor people. It's still going to be somebody who's going to be at the bottom of the totem pole. But if they get equal rights for women, they get equal rights for black and brown people, that is going to make so many communities a better place. So I'm going to say it's better. Social justice movement is better. We don't have civil rights leaders. We have activists now. They're the same people, though. Uh, oh. um, <laughs> <laughs> so I would do, Kermit, I think overall it has gotten better because as we see different generations, people continue to be more vocal, or we continue to be more vocal, and we continue to educate ourselves to support what we're saying. Um, but we're moving differently, too. You know, we're starting to take a real active stance. We'll continue to take an active stance um, and not be silenced. And you speak of, you know, us wanting equality, but also equity and then reparations. And again, until we can... <laughs> Until we can have a, and not even having conversations anymore about reparations because conversations have been had and had and had. 40 acres in a mule. We want that, huh? That's what you want? And a lot more. Okay. All right. Again, equity, you know, and of course, inequality. Um, But I think overall, yeah, we've gotten better. Um, Yeah. D. Hmm. Um. 
y'all got my mind in all so many directions. Um, have we gotten better? Can I, can I say something about the 40 Acres and the Mule? <laughs> yeah, what, go ahead. You you, help me um, out here. Bring me. 40 Acres and the Mule, reparations. Are, are we deserving of that? Yes. Do Have other people gotten reparations? And I have to Google this this fact, but pretty sure there are other people, other groups of people that have gotten reparations given to them by the government. Certain provisions have been made for them. However, instead of crying, whining, asking for it, that goes back to we have to own that and say, all right, I'm just going to do this. I, you ain't going to give me the reparations. I'll go through the, the red tape. I'll knock down whatever uh, door that you put up or I'll go through that door. And I get it myself. Not only am I going to get it, but I'm going to share it with other people like me, whoever that may be. They don't have to necessarily be black, but they might be minority. Uh, they might be brown. Or they just might be local. Um Yes, I want reparations. Yes, I want 40 acres in a mule. But don't look like I'm going to get it. So I'm not going to wait on it. I don't think we did take that approach. Because, again, look what happened with Black Wall Street. We went and made our own. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then look what happened. So every time we continue. But well, it's, it's been okay. 50 years. What, 50 years, 40 years since they took that Black Wall Street and we, ain't, we hadn't duplicated it? That should have been. Then they they gave mean, us the blueprint. I say they, whoever that was, gave mm-hmm. us the blueprint. Somewhere along the lines, um, I was watching Killer Mike's documentary, and oh, um, on Netflix, yeah, the buying black, yeah, and how, how difficult it was, how difficult it was. So why have we not taken what they did, and um, at Black Wall Street, they had a community, they had their own bank, they had their own grocery store, but we can't find not one community where there's there's a grocery store that we own, or we can get. Um, we can get product from. There's not a gas station that we own. No, we, there are few, yeah, there you know. Few. Was, okay. Mm-hmm. Far and few between, right? Right. But why can't we get a city like Black Wall Street? And it's been done before. Like, Well, let's talk about it because I think a lot of con- there's a lot of contributing factors to that. A lo- definitely accountability, but of course we got to talk about systemic racism. You know, um, again going back to reparations, we got to have something to build something, and you know that not to take away from our innate qualities and natural abilities to use our traits. It's just the power of our mind and being able to create things just through the power of thought. But it can be done. You're right. It can be done. Again, accountability. But again, a lot of things have been. In the way as well Not to say those things haven't been movable You know if that's even a word Movable Yeah but y'all get what I'm movable saying Movable is a word We, okay. we know what you're saying Yeah but you know speaking We to arguing right now you don't, you don't, We don't worry about grandma when you're arguing <laughs> We're just talking Alright D it's on you Man um, Oh it's, Y'all I'm, My mind is Professor, not gonna give us that. <laughs> I mean, I'm, 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 I'm thinking about, I'm taking it out here, and I'm looking at at it from a perspective when we're talking about social justice movement, and I break down. I guess when you break down each individual word, when I look social. at social, okay, the <laughs> aspect, when I look at justice, there is none. So when movement. I movement movement we got some, but I, I you know I'm I'm thinking about the little you know the little ladder. I mean, if I roll a one, I move, but I ain't really go nowhere. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And I I do I'm, I'm listening to us. I think we are some of black people are some of the most creative minds, and I think. Where you say we haven't reinvented it, I think we have, just not in the same mindset that they had before. Because in the previous era, we didn't have anything but each other. Like, and we weren't, if we weren't helping each other, we weren't really getting help. You know what I'm saying? And so, in today's present society, 
we have individuals who will accept help no matter who it comes from. And so, you know, I think about the notion of, you know, what would it look like for us in terms to have a black Wall Street now? What what would that really look like? And then I go back to what Ty said earlier. Individuals accept our cultures, but they do not accept us. So then even to try to go into a place and create that zone now, what would it look like? It'll be beautiful. It'll be beautiful. It'll be dope. I was gonna curse for a minute. It'll be, <laughs> It'll be, It'll be beautiful. Be <laughs> but I, I still feel like it would always it would be something I would wanna see it. Like I just wanna see it. That's that's do you, just do you it. feel like as you're talking about it, are you saying, okay, it'll be beautiful, but I don't think it can be done? No, I think it can be done. Because it has been done. It has been done, but I think the mindset of us would have to be different. Of course. You see what I'm saying? Like, I feel like our our weakness as a society right now is our mindset. Because I think before, it, what we, we as a black culture had an inclusive mindset for black people. But now when we talk about inclusivity... It is not just limited to us, you know. You see, I don't know. I, I may be kind of. Uh, we bring in other groups, right? To kind of so help us bring out. In, yeah. and, and, and nothing's wrong with that. But you know, if I got, we bring in allies. Yeah, we bring yeah. in our allies, yeah. right? And in that, in that sense of allyship, though, we're still, we're still not taking away from our black creativity and our uniqueness. Where I feel like certain aspects of certain things. Our culture is present, but you still see other parts of other culture. This doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm kind of going off. But on you, what, what I what mm-hmm. I hear you saying, <coughs> I'm, I'm, I'm using my um, therapeutic skills here. What okay. I hear you saying, <laughs> by the paraphrase, what I hear you saying is we align ourselves with allies, or we we link up with allies, and then sometimes those allies, not knowingly, sometimes knowingly, but not always infiltrate what our very core is. Right. So then it gets diluted. Diluted. That's, <laughs> diluted. That's what I was looking at. Like we dilute ourselves to become acceptable. And I think before it wasn't about us being acceptable by anybody else other than ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like I think about, you know, just the beauty of the black neighborhood. Just even going back to the yeah. black neighborhood, like yeah, I missed that. I missed that. Like, I can't remember getting off the bus and really not even thinking about it. Every person on my street looked like me. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? And it was nothing. I really never lived in fear. Like, I, I lived in, you know, what they would perceive as the hood. But I didn't see it as the hood because everybody was family. And so I never once, I ain't really worried about nothing. Like, I, I didn't have that fear. Like you said, like riding the bicycle, that was nothing to me. This street, that street. And I just I just think about kind of where we are now in terms of social justice. I don't live in that same way. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It does that doesn't look like that for me. And so if we go back to creating that, that would be beautiful. I would love to see that the black Wall Street. But I want to see it duplicated everywhere to where it's not even it's it's the norm, I guess I want to say. That's what I want to say. I just want it to be the norm. Like, I just really thought about my child. Like, that was just the dopest thing. Yeah. And the reality is, I didn't even realize how dope it was. Yeah, you, you don't realize it until now when you kind of don't have, have it. Have it, right. Yeah, yeah. I think um, it go back to what um, Dr. Rita Walker, author of yep. Unapologetic Guide to Black Mental Health, when she talks about, um, when she discusses in her book, just uh, us having a, a loss of, I think, cultural connectivity. Um, when mm. there's a sense of, I guess when there is a disconnect, you know, within the culture that you may identify with, then this can be the outcome. Right. You know, I mean, if I don't feel connected to the very essence of my being, you, know, I, I don't know what, which way I'm going with it. But I think she also said something about, um, People who have less pride or don't have that connection, mm-hmm. they have a tendency to 
go into those depressive symptoms and you have suicidal thoughts because that connection is not there and because you're not as prideful mm-hmm. about there. who you are. Yeah. And uh-huh. so the loss of our guys, the disconnect just with whether you are identify as African, um, African American, individuals of the African diaspora, we'll keep it that mm-hmm. way. You know, depending on how we're look at, looking at our culture too. Um there was this guy I was listening to, and he was stating, are we viewing our culture our culture through our cultural eyes, or are we viewing our culture through a European's eyes? Wow. Um, and giving, you know, just the psychological enslavement, of course, physical enslavement, but just the, even the psychological enslavement. So, Dean, when you speak about just the minds, I think we're still... As a culture, still psychologically enslaved and haven't tapped into the true essence of who we are and being able to be prideful about who we are to where we don't have to dilute who we are. And and I mean, we're again, yeah, that's it. I'm gonna stop that. See, this this is why I love y'all, right? So now (laughs) I feel like I gotta go get me one of these books. And read into them because when you said what what you say African diaspora, see, and I can't I can't even say the word. <laughs> can't even say the word. Much less try to break it all the way down. Um, matter of fact, uh, if you're looking at us on YouTube, y'all see these books. These are some pretty good books to start off with, but it, it'll give you a sense of pride. Just and some of it is fiction, some of it is is uh, all like I guess you could say um, just r- real reality stuff or real stuff. Nonfiction. That's what I was trying to think of. You got fiction and nonfiction, <laughs> but it would give you. It, 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 I know wordplay is crazy, ain't it? Uh, it'll give you a sense of pride. Just I don't know, man. You hit me with the whole. Uh, I'm from Magnolia, so um, you hit me with the whole neighborhood thing, right. and just remembering going on First Street, Third Street, going to play. Somebody get a Nintendo, everybody there, because everybody ain't got a Nintendo. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like from a financial aspect, we have we are advancing. But in terms of the the connection of our culture and community, we've kind we've kind of gotten worse. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? When it comes like cookouts ain't cookouts no more. Everybody get their plate to go. Yeah. Like before, I don't mess with this person. You ain't never. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I can't be there that long. I mean, I'm just going to drop in because I got somewhere else to go. But it wasn't like that. Like, I just remember the cookout starting at 2 o'clock. At 10 o'clock, we still there. And Mm -hmm. I mean, and it ain't like nothing going on. You know what I'm saying? And I guess that you really. You really that see love. how much that changed, and I guess that kind of leads into the next one of the other topics is relationships. Like <laughs> we go, we're way, not gonna get there. We're not, I know gonna, get we're there not gonna get there. But I'm just saying it kind of covers it. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Taps on there, but just the way things are shifting with us, and so you know, as we continue to evolve and as we continue to grow, I just really want to get back to the love and genuineness of us as Black people. Like where I I don't I don't see you. And if, I mean, and, and look at you in a judgment because we in two different classes or we are in two different financial brackets. But like, you still my people regardless. Like that's that's the kind of love I want to see where we're not just judging people because they have on a bonnet or we're not looking. We're not automatically saying this this person bougie because they can they're carrying a five hundred dollar bag. Like that's our people regardless. Just just they just where they are mm-hmm. and like we still see that and respect each other. No matter what it is. Yeah, after uh, after that George Floyd incident, I probably should have been doing it. But um, I started just speaking. Like, uh, I remember growing up, my dad, <laughs> I used to ask him. He would be driving a car, and every car that came by, <laughs> and you'd see him in the store, and he'd, what's up? How you doing? Well, he wouldn't say what's up. He was hey, how you doing? Yeah. But um, now... Since that George incident, George Floyd incident, um, I speak. I make a special effort to speak, uh, especially to an African American male. Like if, whether he's mean mugging me or not mean mugging me, I'm gonna make a special effort to say what's up. And I think I'm in that age range where they know I'm not like intimidating. <laughs> like he, he ain't trying to do that, but and they'll speak. And it's just it's a dope feeling to me to be able to 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 do that. Uh, and sometimes I say hey to women too, but I have to be careful. I want nobody to think I'm trying to holler at them and um, call Melinda and then she go crazy because <laughs> she is a little bit. But anyway, we had some more stuff. I think um, that's our time. 
So we're going to just kind of wind it down. Otherwise, we'll be here all night. But um, I wanted to, to do, you know, what I do all the time, call to action. Subscribe to Speaking with Gravity on Facebook and Instagram. Um, we got a, a person doing our social media now, so um, we're a little bit more active um, than we have been in the past. So definitely subscribe to us and see what we're talking about. We'll make it easy for you and put it in the show notes. For all your event needs, make sure you check out 6-1 Event Rentals. Yes, they got a 360 booth with red carpet. Um, and but, an inflatable enclosure. And an inflatable <laughs> in, enclosure. Um, but we'll put that link in the show notes, too. Thanks. And uh, if you need your resume updated, you need to be prepped for an interview, we got you. Well, actually, D got you. Um, her contact info, info, info. Her <laughs> contact info would be in the show notes as well. And then also we have Gravity Counseling Group uh, that provides a BIPOC, um, basically people of color wellness group, every fourth Monday uh, of the month. And for this month, February is the 28th. So we come out on the 24th. So it'll be in four days. So um, y'all means. Y'all need somewhere to come and get some stuff off your chest. Um, come check us out uh, live and in person or virtually via Zoom. Uh, just look on, um, we'll put that in the show notes too. But this month right here, we got yours truly coming in to help us uh, introduce us to yoga. Miss Taisha, we, you got some acronyms that go with that, That the yoga stuff? Is it like, you know how we? I got LPC, y'all got in there? Yeah. Um, well, RYT, so registered yoga teacher, 200 level, that's me. And then you have others at different levels. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So RYT, I thought it was something, but I didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. So she'll be there this month uh, of February to kind of introduce us into yoga and meditation and just um, finding different ways to better, to enhance our life and to work towards mental wellness overall. And finally, thank y'all um, for the, taking the time to listen Y'all can be anywhere in the world. You can be doing anything in the world, but you chose to come and look at us, watch us on YouTube, or listen to us on your favorite platform, and we appreciate that. And remember, we are therapists, but this isn't therapy. It's a podcast. And we out. In a minute. Oh!